0: We're talking about staying positive in a negative world. Remember back a couple weeks ago, we started week one with I'm optimistic. We talked about being the difference of choosing to be like a hummingbird or a buzzard. You know, hummingbirds spend their day looking for the sweet nectar of flowers and all those things. And an old buzzard, what does he do? He looks for the rotting, nasty-smelling food that he finds. And we have a kind of a choice that we choose how we want to look at things. And we said, you know, our cup is running over. And when we say that, we stand on one side or the other. We say, God is blessing me. My cup is running over. Then there's other people say, oh, great. Now I got a mess to clean up. My cup is running over. You know, so it depends on how you look at things. Remember, we said we're optimistic based not on what I feel, but about what God's word says and the promises it gives us. Then week two, we talked about I'm grateful. All good things that we have come from God. There are blessings from God, and we can appreciate those things. And we say, we won't let what I don't have rob me of the happiness I have in God right now. So we remember those things. Today we're going to talk about encouragement. Then I still want to look at being enthusiastic and then being confident because of who God says we are. So for a friend listening, I know he's going to listen online today. For a friend, that I used to always say, if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Second Corinthians 7, 5 and 6 is where we want to be. Second Corinthians 7, 5 through 6, talking about being encouraging or I'm encouraging. I think you'll agree that we live in a negative world that just seems to want to keep doing the negative things. And it seems like we have this world we live in where we have these voices of discouragement come and hit us every day. If you don't know what I mean, just listen to parents with kids in school, or listen to kids as they're in school. They go to school, and they go through their day, and they're not picked for a kickball team or not picked for the dodgeball team, and they get all bummed out because they're not good enough or they don't think they're good enough, or they're not placed in the advanced class like we think they should be, so the kids just feel kind of average, or even below average, or the kids are made fun of for being a little bit different in the world today in what they believe and what they do and what they say. I would hate to be a junior high or even high schooler today in today's world, because back when I was in junior high and high school, all you had to do was kind of feel like you didn't fit in or to feel like you weren't popular. But you see, in today's world, there's hard facts with Facebook and Twitter and all those things that you don't fit in. Because you post a picture and nobody liked it, and somebody else posted another picture, and they got all these likes. So we say, well, I'm not real popular. People don't like me. But you see, then we grow up. Then we become adults, and we go into the real world, and we go into a job where we have these projects, and the project wasn't good enough even though we spent hours and hours on it, or you go home and your spouse picks you apart, or you have little kids and the in-laws tell you you're not raising your children right, and maybe the worst part is the kids don't agree with you either, you know, which most kids don't. Or you buy new pants and somebody says, are those new pants? And you say, well, yes, they are. And they say, ooh. And is that ooh or ooh, you know. And you start to question even the clothes that we wear. Or even again you look on social media and you see people and it's like they're on vacation again? You know, are they really doing this again? Or somebody's out and about and they're going on a, a date night and they're at this very nice restaurant, very swanky restaurant, and or maybe there's this party going on and there's pictures being taken and you're going, Why well, wasn't I invited to that party? You know, why wasn't I going to that party? And we simply start to say, You know what? My life stinks. You know, my life stinks because I'm not doing some of these things. And it's amazing though we go through our day, just a normal day, day in and day out, yet we experience so many of these voices of discouragement that we have coming from the world. And it may be simply a boss saying, well, you're not doing enough, and you're working as hard as you can. Or maybe somebody else is saying you're not worth anything, and maybe it's not what they meant, but it's what you heard from them. So today we're going to look at God's word to kind of renew our minds so we can stay positive. So we can get rid of some of this negative talk that we have in our life. Because I truly believe God is calling you, God is calling us to be encouragers. To build each other up in a world that is constantly trying to tear us down. I mean, am I preaching to the choir here? Or do we all have great lives and nobody's ever saying anything negative, nothing ever's happening in our life where, you know, that we hear this stuff? I'm pretty sure every one of us sitting here has this in our life. There's some incredible things that the Bible talks about to help build us up. The first thing I want to look at this morning is this in your outline is simply this our God is an encouraging God. Our text, Second Corinthians 7, 5-6, I want to read it from the NLT because I like the way it says it. Paul says, when we arrived in Macedonia, there was no rest for us. Listen to what he says. We faced conflict from every direction with battles on the outside and fear on the inside. Verse 6 says, but God who encourages those who are discouraged encouraged us by the arrival of Titus. Catch what Paul says. I mean, the first thing he says, we have battles on the outside. Then he says we have fears on the inside. And it describes so many people's lives today, this fear on the inside and the, what's going on on the outside. And those battles that are on the outside, those are those things we didn't expect, those things we didn't see coming, those things that we're afraid of, those things that bring anxiety to our life. It's exactly what Paul experienced when he said this. When he says, I have these battles on the outside and I have this fear on the inside. And I love how Paul says this. Paul talks about all these negative things that are going on. He says, I have this going on. I got these battles I'm facing. There's no rest. You know, that whole phrase, there's no rest for the weary. Paul is feeling this because he has these battles, he has these fears i love what he says but then he says but god i have all these things going on but god that god says hold on yeah but i had a friend used to always say yeah but it's coming easter you know when you'd say he'd be talking to him he'd say yeah but he goes yeah but it's coming easter this is a great thing this is a great but b-u-t because there's something better coming You see, when we have all these things that we're facing, this trouble, this conflict, this fear, this anxiety, with all those things, and you realize it, those things are coming on, here's God. He's saying, hold on. Don't forget me. He says, but God. How did God encourage Paul? Simply sent a person. He sent Titus a godly man with a message from heaven to simply to encourage Paul. In other words, someone cares. God cares. Because our God is an encouraging God. God sent someone who may have done something very small and may have seemed very insignificant at the time to remind Paul that God cares, to remind Paul that God loves him. It's amazing when you get a thank you from someone for doing this and doing that when actually you think, you know what, that was really no big deal. really wasn't all that much trouble. But to them, it was huge. It was huge. And it could be a simple thank you. It could be a simple card. It could be a simple stop, a simple visit, a simple phone call. You call somebody and you really don't know why you're calling them but you feel like they needed a phone call. So you take five minutes and you call somebody and say, hey, I would just you thinking about you and that means so much to them there are three things that we can do spiritual things that we can do that we need to do daily in our life that we need to understand number one is this we need to encourage others daily we need to encourage others daily you do something really wasn't that good you come home great they left the dishes out again didn't wash the dirty glass, didn't do this, didn't do that. And our voice, our own voice, can sometimes be so haunting. And our own voice tells us at times, you know what? I'm not good enough. I'm not a good mom. I'm not a good dad. I don't have that much to offer. I don't have that much to give. No one appreciates what I do. Hebrews 3.13, which we read earlier, says this, but encourage one another daily. As long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. In other words, if we think of something positive, if we think of something good, we need to say it, we need to share it, we need to text it, we need to bless someone else with it. That's what I wish Facebook and Twitter would go to. I wish more people would find the positive things to say and show the positive aspects of life instead of dragging everybody down with all the negative garbage that they see in their life today. Can you imagine what it would do for us today? But we need to bless people with the positive. He says in verse 24, and Let us consider how we may spur on or encourage one another on towards love and good deeds Verse 25, he says, Not giving up, meeting together, as some of you are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Think of the ways that we could do this. And we mentioned some, and there's other areas that you can do this. But just think of those ways. But don't miss verse 25, what he says. Where he says, Don't give up meeting together. Don't give that up. Don't miss that. You see, it's discouraging when we choose other things over meeting together, over worshiping together. I don't know if you guys realize it or not, but it's encouraging for other people to see people in church. You know, I don't know about you, but I know I, I, I shouldn't say that because no people's in church. I'm not preaching to anybody. I'm not preaching to anybody. I'm probably not getting a paycheck, Okay. So I need people at church, but it's not about that. When I see somebody walk in the door, I'm going, wow. Especially when I know the kind of week they've had, the last few weeks they had. And one of them this morning was Janet. I knew she was going to be here because she said I'm going to be at church. But after the last two or three weeks that she's had, and then this last week we buried Tom, you know, it was good to see her walk in these doors this morning with her smile. It's encouraging to me. And she may be sitting there saying, it's no big deal. And it really wasn't, was it, Janet? Because this is where you wanted to be. Or if I see somebody else who's been struggling with things in their life, and I know they're struggling, but I see them walk into the church because they want to worship their Heavenly Father with their church family. But then you go on the other side of it, when we see people doing all these other things and not being at church, what does that do to your heart? It's a little bit discouraging, isn't it? You know, how is this more important than this, than this hour that we give? Encouraging for people to see us here. So we need to do this very thing. We need to encourage others daily. Small things, maybe big things when we look at it. Second one is this. We need to encourage others spiritually. In other words, we need to tell people, good job on that project. Thank you for helping doing this or doing that. The house looks nice. I love your haircut. You know, it's one of those things that's easy to give the negative a lot of times when it's not as easy to give the encouraging a lot of times. It's one of the things that I've had to learn when I officiate doing different things. I have a hard time telling somebody, you did something wrong. You know, and, you know so to throw that flag or to actually call a foul, you know, it's like, sorry, dude, but you did that wrong. You know, it's hard for me to do. But sometimes it's so easy in the world to just let things pass by. I like what Romans 1, 10 through 12 says. It says, one of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. He says, when we get together, I want to encourage you in the faith. But I also want to be encouraged by yours. Now, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but I can remember years past and even doing it today. There's days where I'm busy and I don't want to go see somebody. Maybe they're in the hospital or nursing home and I'm tired. And you walk in and just like you start talking and you spend some time there. And as you walk out sometime later, you feel better than when you went in and they ministered to you on a hospital bed or nursing home bed. And you kind of realize the blessing that is. Several years ago, uh, I went to the, my first national leadership summit at Willow Creek, and uh, a friend of mine invited me to go. He had been a couple times through State Farm, and it was for churches and also business. and He asked me to go, so we went to this satellite up by Chicago. We didn't get to go to the main uh, where the main one was. We did years later, but we went to this thing. and We're sitting towards the back, and we'd been there Friday and listened to these great speakers. And now it's Saturday afternoon, and. Bill Heibel's, the guy that's putting us on, the minister at this church, uh, starts talking, and you got to realize there's eighty to ninety thousand people watching this via other cameras and other venues. So we're sitting at one of these with probably four or five hundred people in this in this arena in this sanctuary, and uh, I'm going because at Hayworth at the time we were going through a lot of struggles. We had a lot of problems. We just fired a youth minister. And we're having a lot of that, so you know what that's like. And even though we had moral reasons we were doing so, it came back on the leadership. Came back on me. Uh, you couldn't say anything. You couldn't do anything right. That somebody wasn't getting ticked off. Somebody wasn't, you know, making phone calls. And Monday mornings I dreaded because every Monday morning I knew I was gonna get emails and phone calls. You know, I had leadership dropping off left and right. Literally, I got down to two leadership. You know, and you can't do leadership with two. And so this guy invites me to go, and when I first got to Hayworth, I went to Rockville, did his wife's wedding, he and his wife's wedding, and uh, that's another whole story. But we're sitting there on the last day, and Bill Habels is getting up there, and he's closing this thing out. And I'm feeling pretty good. I like what I've heard, and I've learned a lot. And I'm thinking, I can go back and do this. And we're sitting there, and Bill Hybels just gets up there, and we're watching this big screen. He goes, I just want to take a few minutes. We're going to pray for pastors. We're going to pray for ministers who are struggling and all this. And I'm sitting there going, that's cool. I'm glad some of these guys need this. While as he's talking, it's almost like I'm transported from this church 40 miles away to standing on stage face-to-face with Bill Hybels. As he's praying then, everything breaks loose. Everything breaks loose. This room, this huge room is closing in on me. I'm finding it hard to breathe. And so I finally, after the prayer, I'm glad we sat in the back because I just, out the door, I just wanted fresh air. Just absolutely wanted fresh air. They had a big, beautiful pond with a fountain out there. So I just go out there and I sit down. I'm just breathing. And this friend of mine, Alan, Uh, came back, came out and found me and says, you okay? And I said, yeah, I'll be fine. He simply said a few words. He goes, what do you need? What do you need? And I told him, I need help. And he came alongside and we've been friends to this day. Every time their child was born, I was there. We went to a leadership conference again this year, got to reconnect again after a few years. And he is still leading in a church today. And that's what I love. But you see what we're saying? It's just simple that he just simply invited me. What do you need? Changed everything. Exactly what Titus did for Paul. See, the passion to invite people to church make me want to do the same things. Love seeing people worship. Prayer meant the world to me. Blessed by generosity and going on. Make something normal again in life, even when it's not really spiritual, but we appreciate it. You tell a kid, great game. Tell him God gave you a special gift. God gave you this. Congratulations on the promotion. If you're faithful in small ways, he will bless you in bigger ways. Turn it to the spiritual when we do those things. But we also need to encourage those who are hurting. You know, we have people in our world today who are hurting, so quit preaching down to people. Lift them up with God's Word. You know, so many times we hear, you know, somebody has cancer, and somebody says, oh, I'm so sorry you have cancer. I'm going to pray God heals you. You know, and that's not bad. I mean, that's not horrible. Say you're sorry you have cancer. I can't imagine I'm going to believe God in your healing. Because sometimes going from this world to the next is the greatest healing we can get in so many ways. Also, number three, one of those spiritual things you can do is very important. And understand, it sounds selfish at first, but it's something we've got to do, and it's this. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself. Remember David back in the Old Testament? At one time, he is massively depressed. He had trouble on the outside. He had fear on the inside. Why? Because people were talking about stoning him. And you think you have a bad day, okay? No one is trying to pick you off with bricks or rocks today, I don't think. But in 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, the King James Version reads it this way. But David encouraged himself in his God. He encouraged himself You see, when those voices of discouragement tear you down, when you have so much trouble on the inside where you don't sleep and where you don't understand and all those things are happening, when you have so much trouble on the inside and a whole lot of fear on the outside, and when you really need to encourage yourself, you need to do it in the Lord. In other words, get away for a little while. Just you and God. Pray, sing, read, do what you need to do. In other words, Preach to yourself. And I know some of you are going to say, I'm not a preacher. Okay? Guess what? Get your preacher on, baby, and just start. It's that easy. Preach to yourself. You need to say, I have faith for this. Why? Because my God is with me. I can do this. My God is for me. My God will supply all my needs according to his glorious riches. Or, if God is for me, who can be against me? You know, all these things are happening. The world is throwing all these things at me. But if my God is for me, nothing out here is going to be against me. My God says I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of my testimonies, a song we sing often. My God is working all things together for the good so that the devil, even though he meant it for evil, my God's going to stick it to him. I'm not sure that's real biblical or theological, but there you go. Because I know my God can kick Satan's butt if he wants to. And he'll help us and defend us. You see, encouragement we need every day. And sometimes we need to feed ourselves with that. I could take you to my office right now and I could pull out a file in one of my drawers. It's probably that thick. You know what it's full of? Positive letters. Encouraging letters. Encouraging notes. Simple thank yous. For something maybe I've done that didn't mean a whole lot, you know, that I thought that it meant a whole lot to them. You know how big the file is of all the complaints I have in my office that I get. There is no file. I throw those away. (laughs) I don't want those things hanging around. Come on, you know. I'll keep the encouragement. Why? Because every once in a while I just need to stop. I need to look back. I need to say, you know what? Yeah, there are a lot of good things. In other words, I'm looking for the sweet nectar. I'm not looking for the roadkill in life. And we need to do that every day. Save that voicemail. Save that letter. Save that text. Remember the moment. So in other words, what I'm saying is stop whining. In other words, suck it up, buttercup. You're sharp. Fix it. Look to God. Find God. Find his purpose in your life. And I guarantee you, when you get your focus off yourself and on something else bigger than yourself, a lot of these other things are going to go by the wayside. And you're going to live that encouraging life. Why? Because God is calling us to be an encourager daily, spiritually, and for yourself. I want to close with what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 3, 2, and 3. Again, he says, we sent Timothy, who is a brother and co-worker in God's service, in spreading the gospel of Christ, to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by their trials. We sent somebody. I don't know who it is for you, but I truly believe God may be sending you to somebody to be that encourager. But before you go, I ask you to do this. Encourage yourself. Encourage yourself in God, in God's love, in God's grace, and in God's mercy.